Augmented reveals the stories behind the new era of industrial operations, where technology will restore the agility of frontline workers. Augmented is a podcast for leaders, hosted by futurist Trun Arne Unheim, presented by Tulip.co, the manufacturing app platform, and associated with MFG.works, the manufacturing upskilling community launched at the World Economic Forum. Each episode dives deep into a contemporary topic of concern across the industry and airs at 9 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time every Wednesday. Augmented, the Industry 4.0 podcast. In episode four of the podcast, the topic is a renaissance of manufacturing. Our guest is Enno de Boer, partner and digital manufacturing lead at McKinsey, a company. In this conversation, we talk about what is digital manufacturing, how to transform operation strategy, best practices, specifically the World Economic Forum Global Lighthouse Factories. We also tackle future developments, how to stay up to date in this fast-moving field, and what's next. Anno, how are you doing today? Very good. I'm excited to, to have our conversation. Um, first off, Eno, you, you know, you're an interesting guy. You've, you know, obviously have a tremendous amount of experience working with a lot of manufacturing factories, uh, you know, through your work at McKinsey and, and also now directly at the World Economic Forum. But what got you into manufacturing? What sparked this interest? I had a, always kind of a passion for, for real things, for products and everything. So, um, and my dad was an engineer. Um, he was working, he was a researcher in the steel industry and he wanted to get me into steel, but I thought I wanted to have something a little bit more sophisticated. So I got initially into automotive, got really excited about it. And then when you're in automotive, you need to go to the shop floor. That's where the real music is. So, so that's how I got into it. And then from there, it took its toll and I, went into any industry, and I'm always passionate about manufacturing. Wow, that's where the real music is. Well, you ended up getting your master's and your doctorate in mechanical engineering. I think they're all you know, from Dresden and from Aachen. So you've, you've been around the academic side and now very much on the combination, I guess, of, of consulting and, and, and advising and, and also, but, but you enjoy getting into these factories and, and, and hearing the music, basically. Yes, totally. Yeah, I, I started my career at BMW and it was uh, amazing to see what products they are building, etc. And then I moved to McKinsey and, and it was always about the products and how can we make the products better? How can we get them better to the to the consumer? And, and also, how can we make literally the shop floor um, a better environment. And, and I think that's so exciting about what we're seeing at the moment um, with this digital revolution. And we're getting to that in a moment, but it's all about augmenting the operator and um, figuring out how do we take the dull, dirty and dangerous work out of manufacturing and making it very exciting. I think it's um, one of the most exciting spots to be for um, for all the young people. I, I just say, go into manufacturing. That's where all the fun technologies come uh, come to bear is it augmented reality virtual reality is it digital twins is it is it ai is it uh, digitization is it 3d printing all of that is coming there tell me any other industry where that's happening you know 
I echo what you're saying, and it's almost incredible how long it has, well, how long it has taken, but how long it's taking for the wider world to realize how many things are actually coming to a fore in, in manufacturing right now. Give us a sense of what this environment looks like. What is, um, well, there are many buzzwords, but what is digital manufacturing? Let's start sort of simple here. Yeah, digital manufacturing, actually, it's it, it's interesting. It's an interesting term. So when when we worked with the World Economic Forum, we defined digital manufacturing as 110 use cases. Um, um, that are spread across roughly half of them within the factory walls and then something like predictive maintenance, um, very apparent, but then half of them also outside of the four walls. So how do you connect to product development, get your products faster developed, most likely with virtual reality, with digital twins? Um, how do you connect to the customer? How do you get customer orders in and immediately propagate them down to the shop floor and all the way back to the customer where the product lands? And you want to have this in one digital threat, how we call that. So, so that's very exciting. So that's digital manufacturing. It's, it's very much um, about augmenting the operator, as I said before. It's not so much about this idea that was out there in the 80s and 90s about the lighthouse factory and full automation. Nobody is talking about this. This is really a concert of how do we are bringing uh, technologies to, to, um, to allow the, the operator to bring out better products in higher quality and higher agility and more sustainable. I know industry 4.0 is a, a, a big term, but at the forum, there's also this notion of this uh, fourth industrial revolution. So very specifically calling it an, a, a revolution. Well, how do you feel about those things? And are they even, are they sort of perhaps wider terms than just focusing on the worker, right? I think it's interesting. I think it's um, partly we have an evolution because the manufacturing sector, you cannot change overnight. Uh, it's, it's very complex to manufacture products. So, so, and, and you need many technologies. So, so it feels not like that this is happening overnight. Though I would say now with what we have gone through, uh, this terrible pandemic over the last year, it has almost, uh, switched, um, and, and it totally accelerated the digital transformation. So I feel now it's becoming much more a revolution because I'm seeing examples where innovation um, is not stopping anywhere. Like it's, it's really about, like we have one lighthouse that we uh, got new on the lighthouse platform from Alibaba. They, they took an entire newsstand on how do you do apparel manufacturers? How do you produce jeans? Now, that sounds very simple and sounds very labor intense. They took a stand at this and fully connected it to the customer to get their ideas on how that would work, but then fully digitized that. And that allows them to create products, new apparel in uh, only 30% of the time and also bringing it to the customer 70% faster than anything what we have seen before. So there's a real revolution going on in a renaissance, I would say, of manufacturing and the art of the possible. Um, I would say the limit is the sky. But you said lighthouse. When you say lighthouse, to me, I'm thinking a navigational 
tower, yes. you know, created out there in the ocean to, you know, with lights and signals to, yeah. to, to navigate uh, against. G- give me a sense of what this metaphor means and what, what you have used when you built out this lighthouse network at the forum. What, what does it mean yeah. and what's the purpose and, and why this metaphor? Yeah, and uh, I think it's it's great that you're asking because um, I got a lot of questions at the beginning. Is lighthouse the right word, Eno? Um, lighthouse is where we are driving on rocks. Is that not negative? And I said no. It's like it's like the light. We 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 need we need always role models. We need examples that we can latch on. We need we need things that we can learn from. That are lighthouses. Lighthouses. Are a towering example. They are high. They are shining out, and they're shining the way. And I'm a sailor, so so I love lighthouses. So when I'm coming to the coast, and the first thing is I see this light, and it's going up, and it's leading me the way. And then I'm coming nearer. I get the contours, and and that's a lighthouse. So so what is a lighthouse? The lighthouse is. We said it's not a shiny object. Yeah, stop with these shiny objects. It's not about technology forward that's wrong it's not it's not about just kind of building an ivory tower and everyone is looking at very different three things we're looking for with a with a web lighthouse first of all we want to see impact at scale secondly we want to see that unleashed by several use cases several technologies that enable that like really innovation there and then we want to see that this is sustainable that there are the measures and the enablers below that is not only sustainable, but also scalable. That is for us a lighthouse. And that's something that is exciting people. And they say like, well, I want to, I get every day, every week a call. I want to have a lighthouse in my organization. How do I do this? And, and yeah. that's exactly what we wanted to create. We wanted to create that everyone gets a feeling of what this really is industry 4.0. Well, so here, so then here's my question. How did this kind of project get started and and how do you select lighthouses and what exactly do you collect once you have selected lighthouses you know how, and how is it that then it becomes helpful is it kind of a, a collection of videos from these sites is it interviews with the people who have uh i don't know designed the work processes there what is it exactly yeah, it started as as always. The first try is not working. So <laughs> where we started it, the first idea I had, I said, like, look, we need these lighthouses. We need examples. It's like in the old lean terms um, where we had uh, Japan, we had Toyota, we had Honda, uh, ways to go for the manufacturing community to learn. I said, we need to create the Japan of digital manufacturing. And the first answer was that I got from um, a couple of executives where I was on an executive committee. They said, like, hell no, we'll not share our secret sauce. We're ahead and we don't want that others learn from it. And I said, I think that's wrong. You need open innovation. You need to share because this is such a dynamic environment where you can only stay ahead if you fully open collaborate and learn from the best and then stay ahead. And it turned out to be true. And then I found the World Economic Forum. They loved the idea. We started to build this up uh, jointly, and um, and it's now it's it's now something that everyone in the manufacturing industry aspires. So that that's how it started. Uh, it was a lot of work. So so we started 
almost three years ago to build this with the World Economic Forum. And we still feel we're only at the very beginning. We have now 54 lighthouses and uh, more than a dozen um, actually to be announced soon uh, that, are, that are coming out. Um, but if you put this into perspective, um, this is 50 out of 10 million factories. So a lot of work to be done. How many lighthouses should there be? I think there should be many, many more. Um, and I think every organization should have at least a handful or a dozen lighthouses because what we find is like you need different lighthouses in an organization. You need maybe a lighthouse that shows you how you connect uh, your product development to manufacturing. You maybe need a lighthouse on how do you connect to the customer. You need um, a, um, a really sustainable lighthouse. So there are already three. Um, and then and then you need to start to use this lighthouse. A lighthouse is not a mean by itself. I think then you need to start um, that you get the entire organization to kind of moving to, to, to transform the entire uh, value chain, the entire production network. So you could almost see that, and, and that's how I see it. I think we're very blessed with these lighthouses because for me, they are a little bit of the window into the future. That should be the standard in three, four years for any manufacturer. So if you ask me, maybe 10 million. So all the factories should become lighthouses. Now, every, every lighthouse will be a little bit different and needs to be built within its context. But are you saying that in order to qualify to be a lighthouse, there is an aspect that is better than the average because otherwise you shouldn't be looking at it. Now, I'm just trying to figure out, well, one, how you select it and, and you know, on what features you, you select these things. And uh, on the aspirational side, if uh, I'm a factory owner or an organization and I think, you know, I'm inspired by what you're saying, how do I... Uh, interact with this project and how do I learn from a lighthouse? How do I build my own lighthouse? W what is this thing? So I, th I think you're spot on. Like we said, we wanted to create the Japan of digital manufacturing. That was the vision and, and that is still to be true. So what we want to have on the platform is lighthouses that, uh, that bring learnings to others that, uh, that are willing to share those and that are towering and these learnings are important and interesting enough that everyone can learn from it. So yes, it should be over the average. Uh, it should be better than anything. It should be a best practice. Yes, of course. Um, we are not looking for someone who has invested a ton of money into technology and has not gotten any returns out of it. There are a lot of examples of that. We are looking for the ones who have smartly invested into technology, also driven a people transformation, also have driven a business transformation with technology and with that created impact at scale. That's the number one we are looking for, impact at scale. Number two is, is it driven through real technology innovation and are these use cases there? And then is this sustainable? Is this just kind of a quick blip of a performance or is this something where we feel that this company is taking this lighthouse really to fully transform themselves and uh, literally the cluster they are working in. 
Can you give me some concrete examples of some of these lighthouses? There's 54 that have been announced. Uh, I mean, that's too much to, uh, to, to cover in, in one quick talk, but give, give me a sense of what kinds of things you already have in the portfolio. Yeah, so, so we started initially with factory lighthouses. So the ones that are very factory, we had initially 16 and then we scaled this up. Um, one example is, for example, Procter & Gamble, uh, the Rancona site, really interesting, uh, was about to be closed. Um, they had a one last chance and the factory team was amazing. They said, we go all in. If you If you let us do it, we will go in, we take the challenge. And they turned around this side with digital, with fully digitizing it. It was really on the bottom of the PNG uh, manufacturing sites. It was a brownfield, I think, 100 years old, very, very traditional. And they transformed it fully. And they are now one of the top performing sites in the Procter & Gamble network, uh, which says something. And which says that anyone who has the ambition and has a leadership, and is going full in can do it. It's not a question of whether you're a greenfield. This is a brownfield. It's not a question of whether you're a new site or an old site. Uh, that's one example. Another good example, just because we have quite a breath there. Um, I talked about Alibaba, digital native company that fully went into apparel manufacturing to innovate apparel manufacturing. Uh, another example, Henkel. Um, they uh, had very ambitious sustainability goals from the very get-go. They said, we can only achieve that through digital transformation. They connected over 30 sites with a digital twin. Uh, they get really deep into the energy management, into predictive actions, and they were able to reduce their energy consumption by 38% and their water consumption by 25%. Very sustainable example. Another one is... Schneider Electric, and I could go on who reduced their carbon footprint by 78%. So, so we're not talking about let's do another 10%. If someone comes to me and says like, look, let's do another 10% of this, I say, okay, you most likely don't need digital. Think harder. How do you want to hit customer breakpoints? How do you want to um, do something really spectacular? And then let's build the full stack of digital together to, to innovate that. Well, you've already given, given out some secrets, I guess, around transforming operation strategy these days. Uh, is a lighthouse strategy the first thing you recommend when you go into a company these days? Or you know, what is your approach? Because uh, you're an operation strategy expert in, in manufacturing. Is, is that the first thing you suggest? Or is it kind of to look inward? Or what is kind of the first thing one should do? today? The first question I have, what business impact do you need to drive? Because that determines everything. Because a lighthouse is not a lighthouse. So, so first of all, I need to know whether you want to drive growth, whether you want to uh, drive agility, mass customization, sustainability, productivity, um, or speed to market. Let me know that. Um, and that's already a hard question because a lot of... Um, CXOs, CEOs, COs uh, say, well, I haven't thought about it. I thought I'm coming to you and we're building a lighthouse. I say, like, no, we're not building a lighthouse just for the lighthouse sakes. So, so let's figure out what is really the business impact you need. Uh, then let's go from there backwards and say, what are the really 
out of the 110 use cases that we have seen in the lighthouses, what are the ones that will really help you? Typically, it's 20 to 30, maybe 40 use cases that immediately will drive fundamental value. Let's take them. And then the most important thing is let's figure out how do we scale this? Because that's what has been the biggest challenge. And I would say that is what differentiates the the 1% of the lighthouses or less than 1% of the lighthouses and the rest of the 99%. It's called pilot purgatory. We have seen thousands of flowers bloom approaches, pilots over pilots, and they are not scaling. Why is there such a purgatory? Why, why is it so hard? And what do those 1% do that the others don't? So the why, I think we're, we are looking at this question for quite long. And I think it's, it's partly, I would say, cultural in the manufacturing sector. The manufacturing sector in the past was the one that would, as a, as a CEO, you are asked, okay, give me another 5% cost reduction. That's kind of, and don't interrupt the, the production. There was no question of, okay, look at this strategically. T tell me about how manufacturing can be a competitive advantage. So really the thinking and being strategic about manufacturing, I think that's one part. The other part I think is cultural is uh, lean has learned us and lean is really a fundamental important part of the digital transformation, but lean has learned us to disaggregate, to de democratize and to spread literally everything across all our production network and let everyone do a little bit of something. Now, the problem is that will be coming back in the future. And this is great. Democratizing technology is the right thing to do. But at the beginning to get this started and getting out of pilot purgatory, you need to have some kind of a guided approach that is strategic, that is focused, and that is building certain capabilities that most likely these companies have not in their, in their networks. So are there really distillable small nuggets of best practices in this field of manufacturing, or is it so complicated that everybody has to, yes, they can look for paragons in these lighthouses but you have also said like you know one of the reasons you're so fascinated with this is you have to just hear the music so what is the balance of i guess listening to your own music you know really just figuring out what is it that uh, is happening in my own uh, work process versus looking at other people's work process what, what is the balance between the internal the external the inspiration versus the perspiration, I guess. I think it's like always, you need to start from where you are. So uh, you cannot, and, and I think I'm glad that you asked this question. This is not about taking the lighthouse and then that's my blueprint and then let's just do it and copy it. No, it won't work. You need to start from where you are. So, so it's, it starts with a diagnostic. It starts with, as I said earlier, it starts with what business goals. Everyone has different business goals. Then it starts with where's your situation. So, so what, how do you manufacture? There are thousands of different types of manufacturing. So what's your starting situation? What's your maturity? What's your capabilities? What's your tech capability? All of that. And then build on that, I think there's for everyone a tailored journey on how do you then 
mobilize your people? Um, how do you build the right capabilities in-house to be then really able to scale something? And there are a lot of learnings to, uh, from the lighthouses, how they have gone about it, how they have mastered to, to excite the shop floor. All of these lighthouses, the, the people love it. Yeah, so they get them excited. But you need to get the middle management also excited because they are sometimes, I call them the, the clay layer or something. They are, they are maybe not so excited about all this change. So, so you need to get them on board that it's really helping them to do their job better. So, so, so that's something you need to figure out. And then you need to figure out that's another thing that is big is in the past in manufacturing, we have already said like, okay, the IT guys leave the IT guys where they are. And, and we are only calling them when we really need them. But you need to closely work with IT because otherwise you cannot scale it. And then you need to work with OT, like the operations technology. So connecting the sensors. So, so there's a lot to do. And I think, I think you need to find your own way. And the puzzle pieces are in the Lighthouse Network. You can find them there. And um, then you need to put your puzzle together. I know you've worked with this for a long time. What are some of the surprises along the way that have uh, shown up in, in, in your work, in your experience? What, what are some of the good and bad surprises that uh, you have learned along the way? Things that you didn't expect either when you built out the Lighthouse Network or as you have been spending time listening to this factory music? Yeah, so, so, so a couple of um, surprises. So one biggest surprise for me is, so I'm German, um, but I came over to New York 10 years ago. And uh, so I'm pretty, pretty now in the US. So, so I was, I'm, I'm routing for the US. I'm also routing for German engineering. But guess what? The US is behind on adopting these technologies and it's not behind on developing. It has fabulous startups. It has fabulous technology companies. But the digital transformation is not happening in the US, not as much as in China, and also not as much as in Europe. And, and we should ask all ourselves, why is that? How do we, how do we mobilize uh, the US manufacturing? That's for me one, and I can tell you, I have um, turned every stone in the US and looked under every stone to find lighthouses here. But fact is, we have many, many more lighthouses in China. And fact is also, if you look at them, they are freaking exciting. So we can learn from China. Frick, is that a surprise? Yes, that is a surprise. That surprised me. Does this make you popular walking around in uh, America when you point this out? No, most likely not. But like, Frick, like I want to help U.S. manufacturing. I'm totally excited about U.S. manufacturing. And I think there is all the capabilities. Um, we have the technology here. Uh, we have the leadership, we, but we just need to do it. Just do it. And it's, it's, as you said, it's, it's about like getting the inspiration. I think we should very quickly look at what's out there and then figure our way and then put real, um, effort behind it. And, and the U.S. has shown that over and over again. Once we rally around something, we can really achieve big things. But what is the problem here? Is it a technology fix, a fix, or or maybe an overconfidence in you know the U.S. has always been innovative and we're leading everywhere and 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 not looking at the human aspects, or is it a specifically a training challenge? Is it a um, misunderstanding of how some of these things work? Um, 
is it just the old kind of outsourcing thing that people have just said, well, all of that stuff is going to happen, you know, in foreign factories anyway, it's not important here anymore? Or how did it start and, and how do you think we can get out of it? Here in the US. I, I think we have neglected manufacturing. As we have neglected manufacturing in the entire Western world, we, we found an easy way to offshore and bring it kind of to low cost countries. And we literally, a couple of decades ago, we have written off manufacturing um, uh, and have put it, said like, okay, this will just kind of, there will be a constant decline in manufacturing. Now, I, I did a study in Germany, um, I think it's a 10 years ago. And honestly, the result of the study was sobering because there was no digital and we had no, there were no ideas. We couldn't bring ideas together to, to innovate manufacturing. Now, I must say what I've seen now and what is possible um, is, well, you can be really competitive in the US with manufacturing because uh, the labor differential is not the, the, the core thing. But what you need to do is you need to invest um, and you need to invest in the people, you need to build and reskill, and you need to augment with the technology your people and make sure that they get more productive. That's what you need to do. And then you can be productive. So, so I think there is there's something happening now. And, and I can see that it's really taking off the conversations I had over the last six months, I would say, are fundamentally, dif fundamentally different from, from what I've seen before. So, so I'm very optimistic. That's great to hear. Um, next, for me, in my mind is, you know, you spend all of your time, presumably, on this. Where do you go to get your insight? How do you sharpen your teeth? Are there influencers to look at? Are there particular lighthouses? Or do you use yourself a lighthouse strategy? Or how do you kind of digest all of the evolving manufacturing insight that's floating around? I'm just curious. That's a great question. So, so first of all, I sometimes sneak into some of these factory visits and I just like do a real go see and see what they are doing. And, and I'm at the source, so, so I have the I have the benefit. We have a big team, and they have walked all the sh shop floors, and I can let them walk first, and then they tell me, you know, this is the factory, really, or this is a supply chain that you should really see, and then I can do that. So, so that's one inspiration. I think another inspiration is we have an amazing um, industry uh, 4.0 expert panel that we have created with the WEF that is literally selecting uh, these lighthouses. Um, and it's, it's very independent. So, so I'm not on there, um, to, to make this also very independent, but it's, it's, it's a power source. There are 30 individuals around the globe that I would say are the most experienced in industry 4.0. And it's some academics. Um, uh, I think the, the right portion of academics is important. Um, but then it's also a lot of practitioners and, that's where I get in my inspiration. And then I get in my inspiration typically from client work. I'm spending time with CEOs, COOs, and um, we're at the moment building something truly amazing, amazing in the biotech sector where we are uh, like literally bringing all the best of digital manufacturing to this client. And, and that's for me always an innovation with, with young teams, with uh, people who, who really want to make a difference. Um, and then with people who have 
really a lot of domain expertise. So, so I think also these, these teams of bringing the young, aggressive, technology-minded, and then bring the ones in manufacturing who have the domain expertise, who have seen this for 20, 30 years, bringing this together in teams is a true inspiration. What about the future? Where are we heading? We, we've talked a little bit about it. You think it's a very exciting situation. Things are coming together. But we've also spoken about how long things take. Is there a danger now that the story has become one of revolution and indeed there are so many exciting things happening, yet they have taken a while? How, how do you see this? You know, What's next and how fast is the next going to evolve? We have talked a little bit about the U.S. being somewhat behind, uh, at least from this lighthouse context, other places. Uh, how quickly is this entire thing kind of coming together? And, and what's the outlook really for manufacturing? I, no, I, question. I, I, question. I, I will not, I will give you not a timing answer because I built my first digital manufacturing startup in 99 and it was just 20 years too early. Um, and it failed miserably uh, because all the ideas were right. And if I would have built it now, it would be maybe very successful, but 20 years. So, so I will not give you an answer on timing, but, but I, w- I would say that um, we have audacious goals um, in the world. So number one, I think we really need to do something in terms of sustainability. Um, the carbon footprint um, of, of manufacturing sector is 20%. 54% of the energy consumption worldwide comes out of the factory and out of manufacturing. So, And we're seeing the lighthouse examples. We have maybe a dozen of lighthouses that make a truly um, impact on how we go to carbon neutral. So how do we scale this up? That's, that's for me one. And as I would say we have the tool set, we have the examples, we have the role models. We need to grab it by the horns and do it. That's number one. I think number two is um, with this pandemic, which is really bad, is uh, there's a need for for rethinking and there's a need for growth and um, there's a need on how do we master through through a looming recession and um, and 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 one thing we're seeing with the lighthouses they are they are true inspiration for growth so how do you grow with best digital capabilities so so I think the good news is we have the toolbox it's ready we have like a real momentum here. Now we need to get everyone on board and everyone doing their work because a lot of work is for the next years ahead of us. But there, <laughs> there will be also great outcomes out of it. So, so it's worthwhile, the, the journey. So do I take it that for you, there is a true renaissance of manufacturing? Uh, I mean, the, the, the last renaissance came after a plague, arguably. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you look at very long historical perspective, the the Renaissance came out of the Black Death. In a, at least that's one version of the story. Without you know making that entire uh, comparison, taking it too far, the Renaissance of manufacturing it, it, it can happen. You think it is happening, and not can happen. It, it is happening. What I've seen is when when it hit us in New York in March. Um, my practice, we were doing usually physical shop floor visits and we switched within the day to virtual. It was possible. We, we couldn't believe it before that it's possible. We went 100% virtual. 
Um, I talked to CEOs that entirely managed their shop floor network from the couch, yeah, uh, um, in a way that they had their digital tools to really know what's was going on because they couldn't go to the factory. So, so I think it's 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 really happening, and and I think this um, if if this pandemic has one positive, I think um, it it gave us kind of the pause and also. Um, the need to really rethink, and, and that's what's happening now. So, so um, I, I see real renaissance. Yes, um, and and we have also seen um, how how important some products are. That we need those products. Uh, they are important for um, for not only the well being, but it, they are like life critical in part. So. So having that scene, I think it's a it was a good wake up call, and um, and this will foster a lot of innovation in the in the coming years. Fascinating, I know. I thank you so much for for this uh, talk. I hope we can stay in touch. Trond, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. You have just listened to episode four of the Augmented Podcast with host Trond Arne Unheim. The topic was a renaissance of manufacturing. Our guest was Enno de Boer, partner and digital manufacturing lead at McKinsey & Company. In this conversation, we talked about what is digital manufacturing, how to transform operation strategy, best practices, specifically the World Economic Forum Global Lighthouse Factories. We also tackled future developments, how to stay up to date in this fast-moving field, and what's next. My takeaway is that manufacturing is indeed undergoing a renaissance. There should be a tremendous amount of excitement among policymakers, industry professionals, and frontline workers about the changes in play. Technologies are maturing. The digital factory is becoming a reality. For those who already took on board the lessons of lean manufacturing and are exploring the latest opportunities, automation has become augmentation. Yet, there's still a lot to learn. The World Economic Forum's Lighthouse Factories is one place to seek inspiration. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, subscribe at augmentedpodcast.co or in your preferred podcast player and rate us with five stars. If you liked this episode, you might also like episode number one on From Automation to Augmentation or episode two on How to Train Augmented Workers. Augmented, the Industry 4.0 podcast.